Hello and welcome to Fin Shots Daily. In today's episode, we talk about why fintech startup PhonePay has moved its base from Singapore to India. Indian startups like Singapore. It's easier to raise funding when you're headquartered there, simply because there are a lot of VCs who have set up base in the island nation. Singapore has a lower corporate tax of 17% compared to India's 25%. So that's always appealing. And most importantly, investors and companies don't have to pay a tax on capital gains when they sell shares. That's an added bonus. Also, it's just easier to do business in Singapore. In 2020, the World Bank ranked India 63rd in terms of ease of doing business. But Singapore snagged the second spot. So it's no wonder that in the past two decades, over 8,000 Indian companies have made Singapore their official home. But things could be changing. PhonePay, the Bengaluru incubated fintech startup, is saying goodbye to Singapore. It has come back home. In fact, it's the first big startup to return to its home base. And guess who's loving the move? The Indian government. They sent PhonePay's investors a tax bill of a whopping one billion dollars. Wait, what? Okay, let's explain. See, when PhonePay shifted its HQ, it had to move investors from one entity to another, from PhonePay Singapore to PhonePay India. So they had to swap shares. For instance, if they bought a share at ten dollars in the Singapore entity that is now worth one hundred dollars, the investors were expected to pay a tax on the valuation gains, even if the investors weren't cashing out and were just swapping shares. This is what gave way to the massive tax bill. And while you would expect investors to balk at this figure, it seems they aren't. The biggest investor, Walmart, is cool with paying the Indian government the nearly. One billion dollars that it owes, and PhonePay's spokesperson called it the right long-term strategy. Now you have to wonder, what are these long-term benefits that would offset the one billion dollar tax bill? Well, one theory is this: PhonePay is preparing for a stock exchange listing in India. But how does that matter? Can't PhonePay simply list in Singapore or the U.S.? It could. But PhonePay is still primarily a UPI business, with its customers hailing from India. UPI isn't a global model, at least not yet. So, if it plans to do an IPO in the US, it might have a hard time convincing public market investors of its potential, or even its business, which inevitably means that it will command a lower valuation. But in India, everyone knows PhonePay. It's a well-known brand that is at the top of the UPI ladder with over a 45% market share, so it could easily value itself higher. Also, investors in India just seem more willing to pay up when compared to their global peers. As the cap table pointed out, while Zomato commands a valuation of 12 to 13 times its FY22 revenues, the US-listed DoorDash trades at a measly four to five times its revenue. So you argue that existing shareholders or investors will reap the benefits if PhonePay debuts on the Indian stock exchanges, and that a higher IPO valuation will make up for the tax bill today. Secondly, it could be to do with PhonePay's ambitions, or shall we say Walmart's ambitions of becoming a fintech superpower? Okay, we've already established that PhonePay is a UPI agent. That's its core business. But PhonePay doesn't really make money from this since UPI is largely free in India. 
Instead, they make their money through commissions when their customers make bill payments like electricity or water bills or through advertisements. So PhonePay needs more revenue sources. And that's where its plans to distribute mutual funds and even launch its own mutual fund company come into the picture. Then, there's the insurance broking business that could become a solid revenue stream too. But the real game changer? Lending money. Because everyone wants a loan these days. Digital lending in India is currently a $270 billion market and could quadruple by 2030. There's a lot of money you could make from interest payments alone. And if you look at PhonePay's rival Paytm, you will notice that 11% of its revenues in FY22 came from the loan business. So lending is quite lucrative. But PhonePay hit a roadblock. Apparently, India's banking regulator, RBI, didn't want to hand out a lending license to the fintech startup. Oops. But PhonePay quickly figured out that there was a backdoor entry to lending. It decided to acquire a company that already had the coveted lending license. And in November, there were rumors that PhonePay was all set to snap up Zest Money, a BNPL platform that's dispersed over a billion dollars in loans to 17 million Indians in the past few years. So that's quite a massive customer base for PhonePay to easily tap into, lend and make money. And while the deal hasn't been fructified yet, it seems like the RBI is okay with such a move. But the point is that if PhonePay decided to list outside the country, or maybe even kept its headquarters in Singapore, the RBI may not have allowed PhonePay's fintech ambitions to take root, especially in lending. The central bank wants complete oversight over digital lenders, and every few months there's a new rule or regulation coming in. Maybe that explains why PhonePay needed to come back to India. Now, we will just have to wait and see if other Indian fintech startups with similar ambitions head back home too. Thank you for listening to today's episode. FinShots Daily is available on a bunch of streaming platforms such as Spotify, Apple Podcasts and Google Podcasts. So make sure you follow us on your favorite podcast streaming platform. Until next time.